and welcome to Impact the Borough, the podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll check in with our partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across the borough, highlighting what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Welcome, everyone. I'm Luann Flanders-Steck, the Executive Vice President of Entrepreneurship for Launch Greensboro, the entrepreneurship initiative of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. And here at Launch Greensboro, we accelerate growth for entrepreneurs starting and growing businesses in the Greensboro triad area by providing education, mentoring, and access to capital. We do this through a variety of programs, including Launch Camp, Launch Lab 101, and Growth, our sustained cohort support, and of course, Capital Connects and our first launch capital fund. So investing in companies and supporting investors is our topic of today's podcast. And that's gonna include a discussion about investing in these early stage companies and the importance of having angel investors in our community. So as we start the conversation, one way that Launch Greensboro supported investors is by hosting Launch Greensboro's Capital Connects pitch competition. This program has introduced businesses to local investors and provided education to investors in our community for over 20 years. Another way we support entrepreneurs through capital, as I mentioned earlier, through First Launch Capital Fund. This fund has been investing in early stage companies for four years and has completed seven investments to date. So as part of this conversation, I've invited three local investors and leaders to join me. Um, two of them are from Venture South Piedmont and one is from First Launch Capital Fund. So welcome Malay Shaw, Matt Bailey and Nathan Powell. Can you each introduce yourselves um, in a little bit more detail other than just what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Luann, and uh, uh, excited to be here today. Um, so my name is Nathan Powell, and I sit on the investment committee at First Launch Capital Fund here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and, you know, I guess by way of background, um, you know, sort of started out on the finance side of things, um, working as a buy side analyst for private equity and uh, uh, hedge funds um, uh, across the globe. And um, I did that for about yeah 10 years. And, and eventually, though, I got a little uh, frustrated with that and wanted to try some new things. So I uh, moved back to the triad um, from originally from Winston-Salem. Um, and uh, helped co-found a couple of companies, uh, cybersecurity uh, firm, and then also a financial data and analytics company. Um, and in those, those roles, I sort of focused on product development, um, organ, um, operations, business strategy, and so forth. Um, so really excited to be chatting about uh, angel investing here in the uh, triad today. Thanks, Nathan. Matt? Yeah, sure. So I live in Greensboro. Uh, I've lived here for six years. Uh, I moved here from out of state 
my background is pretty broad, um, technology consulting and strategy consulting, and then worked um, uh, for a private equity owned company. And then also for a guy who was a distressed company, private distressed debt, private equity investor. So when I moved to Greensboro, I had a fair amount of uh, kind of transaction experience, a little bit of it startup um, and had done some fundraising before. And so uh, getting into angel investing was a little bit accidental. I got invited to a meeting and wound up um, participating, but uh, in some ways, sort of the intellectual and also just the functional and professional um, uh, tactics and skills that were required all kind of transferred pretty well. Great. Malay. Well, thanks for having me, Luann. Um, this is Malay Shaw. Um, I'm one of the co-directors with Matt of Venture South Piedmont. Um, we started Venture South Piedmont, um, bringing it to the triad in around 2017, um, but I've actually been investing in, in early stage stuff um, since the very tail end of the dot-com boom, which was, which was a very interesting time to, to start, you could say. Um, so certainly been through multiple market cycles. Um, I really drove headfirst into angel investing about 10 years ago, uh, taking on roles in fund management, um, as well as mentoring entrepreneurs. Um, and so in that time, I've built a pretty robust portfolio of individual investments, uh, investments through funds like First Launch Capital Fund, um, online syndications, um, but primarily with peer networks and, and specifically angel networks. Great. So thank you all for joining me today. Our listeners can understand why I invited these three folks to join me because they've got a wealth of knowledge and experience in this space. So let's begin the conversation uh, and provide a little more context. So angel investing is truly vital to the growth of companies in a community, a state, and the nation. Um, and I just wanted to start by way of example to provide a few well-known companies that receive very early stage angel investment and are kind of household names if you are paying attention and reading the news of late. First and foremost, I have to talk about a company that's truly been in the news a lot, Gorilla RF, who recently is filed their S1. They went public through a reverse uh, merger concept a couple of months ago, truly expanding their business right now. So that's a great success story for the Greensboro area. In Charlotte, Avid Exchange was a very early stage syndication of angels that invested in 2003. Um, and they just recently went public. They now have two campuses in Charlotte and another office in uh, Salt Lake City. And then Proterra, um, that was early stage investment in Venture South. And they are the e-buses that you see driving around Greensboro. So they're electric buses that you see driving around Greensboro every day. And I hope this has provided um, some excitement about the conversation because these are the kinds of things that angels support. So let's dive a little bit into these two organizations that we've talked about. Matt, share a little bit more about Venture South and Venture South Piedmont and that group and how they work and, and why you're involved there. Sure, so I met the people at Venture South through syndication, through, um, through a deal that was invested by a local group here called the Piedmont Angel Network that was a committed capital fund. And um, Malay and I met the Venture South team and went down and basically interviewed them. And uh, we felt like there was a, a market here for 
an early stage angel investment product um, that was a really good match of both the entrepreneur and the investor. Um, there was certainly a group of seasoned and experienced investors here in Greensboro and Winston-Salem. Um, and Venture South's deal flow was really good. And so, you know, Venture South's approach is investing in the future of the Southeast. Um, it is a member-driven organization as opposed to a fund-driven one, and that's an important difference in terms of construct. Um, and uh, what you know, when Malay and I started the group in in this area, we the Venture South across the Southeast was about 200 members, and it's now north of 400 members. Um, so there's been tremendous growth. I think some of that is, you know, kudos to the organization, but some of it's also because there's an interest in uh, in in this asset class, um, both for economic reasons in terms of return, but I think also uh, interest. there's interest in supporting your either local or regional economy. And there are lots of good reasons to do that, to do it. We can get into that if you want to, but I mean, Venture South, one thing we talk about at Venture South is we talk about um, making money, having fun and doing good. Um, and the motivations for the investors are, you know, spread across those three, typically some favor one more than others, but mo most of us get the, get all three of those benefits out of being an angel and an early stage investor. Great. Thanks, Matt. And Nathan, share a little bit about First Launch Capital Fund and why you got involved there. Yeah, sure. So First Launch Capital Fund, it's uh, doesn't, hasn't been quite, a, uh, been around quite as long as Venture South. Uh, it's just a three or four years now. It is a fund that is focused on investing in entrepreneurs and small businesses um, with a focus on the 12 county uh, Piedmont Triad, uh, Triad region uh, here in central North Carolina. And, you know, we tend to, to look at, you know, a lot of our focuses on startups and early stage companies. Um, and we like to identify those that have like high growth opportunities, uh, future funding potential. Um, scalable business and so forth. And, you know, if you look at our portfolio, you can go to our website and see some of the uh, companies we've invested in, but it's not just technology. Uh, you know, we understand there's a, especially in the triad region, there's that legacy industrial sort of bent to a lot of the companies that have come out of here. And so, you know, we have a nice mix of uh, investments that we've, we've looked at. The other nice thing about first launch is we have um, a, a very diverse a set of members in the fund um, with a lot of experience and different roles inside of organizations, but also across different industries. Um, so we're able to provide support. It's not just funding, but we also like to work with these the companies and the entrepreneurs and, and help them, you know, with the various skill sets that we have across our membership um, to help them uh, help them succeed. And my my main reason for joining is is uh, you know, I, one, I just, I absolutely love the, the startup and early stage uh, uh, community. Uh, it's, it's great from the investment side, the capital side of things, but it's also just having done this in, in, in the past, uh, being a co-founder of, of a couple of companies, it's so exciting. And so, um, you know, first launch and, and venture south, these are ways that we can, uh, you know, sort of stay involved in that community and help it grow. So there's a ton of opportunity here in the triad uh, right now and really for the next 10 years. So I think these are, these are definitely exciting times. Thank you for that. So 
as the audience can tell, and as I know, y'all have been doing this for a while. You've been writing these checks in these early stage companies, and this is a very high risk asset class. So why do you choose to do this? Um, Nathan touched on it a bit. He loves the startup space. Um, and having worked with Nathan now for a couple of years, I, I wholeheartedly understand that statement and agree with it. So why do you do this? Uh, is it the, to Matt's point, have fun, do good and make money? Um, or is there another side of it that is really exciting to you? I got into it originally um, largely to kind of root myself in Greensboro and meet an interesting group of people. And I think my motivations and also interests have changed over time. I think certainly the returns are interesting, but that's pretty hard to achieve. And we should talk about that later about kind of the risks and rewards and how to go about that in a strategic way or sensible way, maybe. Um, but I think kind of playing off Nathan's point, Man, there's something exciting about working with an entrepreneur that stands up in front of a room who has pulled friends and family money in, pushed it all on the table and said, you know, doggone it, I'm going to go make this work or I'm going to really fail hard trying. Um, and I think, I think that spirit is really motivating. Um, I think also for me, I think intellectually, I got to see a lot, a real wide range of businesses. Um, and so if you look at venture South's portfolio or first launch capital's portfolio, man, it's everything, right? It's biotech, it's life science, it's SaaS software, it's industrial manufacturing stuff. It's lots of healthcare stuff, um, consumer packaged goods, FinTech. I mean, I go on and on and on. Right. And, and that's cool. And so if, 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 you know, if you like to like work your brain a little bit in different ways, really good way to learn about new and cutting edge businesses, right? What we see now, uh, the electric buses, uh, Gorilla RF, Abbott Exchange, those were little companies that were on the cutting edge 10 years ago, right? And now look at them. And so what we're seeing now, some of what we see now will turn into a great big company, great big meaningful companies. Um, I think also another motivation is probably the ability to maybe have an outsized impact early on by being involved with a company. Um, if you make a help a company that's really small, make a couple of good strategic decisions, make a couple of good hires, or bring enough money into onto the balance sheet that they can take an MVP and turn it into a really marketable product. Cool, right? That's great, and so you can really you can really change the trajectory. That's great. That's great. So let's dive into Matt's point, making those strategic and informed decisions as you start this angel investing path. I'm just going to do a quick plug for Capital Connects. We're doing some investor education and partnership with Venture South at Capital Connects this year from one to four on April 13th. Um, I'll tell you more about it at the end, but as you think about that, those informed, more informed decisions and that strategic take as you begin investing, what tips, what strategies, how do you approach those, um, those decisions? You know, Warren Buffett has two rules of investing, you know, number one, don't lose money. Number two, see rule number one. And you really have to step out of that mindset when you're angel investing, because there's a decent chance that you will lose money. And so the key to the game here 
the, the key to creating returns, both for yourself as an investor, but also your, your, your group, your community, is you, you have to take a lot of shots on goal. Sometimes people might think that it's almost like a disposable type approach, but that's not it at all. Every single company I invest in, I truly believe could become the next Facebook. Yeah, so Malay, go, go a little bit deeper. How many, how many shots on goal does it take? You know, we, we usually say 10 to 15. Um, and so let's say you are in a, in a group that presents maybe 20, 20 different opportunities a year and you can choose two or three every quarter. And over a couple of years, you can build up a pretty large and diversified portfolio of early stage companies. And let's talk about time to return as you think about those shots on goal. Nathan, you wanna jump in here? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I'll just, uh, I'll just uh, tag on to what Molly was saying. And I, and Molly, I agree with what you're saying. I think like that power rule, you know, when it, in the in the VC world is so important, I think, to, to being successful that, I mean, you see it talked about a lot, but like, that's one of the, that's one of the concepts that I, I would put in the vital category that you, you need to sort of understand, have a pretty good understanding of what that means. And uh, yeah, you know, and, and that's the other thing too, is that um, the timelines are very different. And in, in, as you get to the early, as the stages, uh, you get to the earlier stages of investing that average PE firms may say that they're in the are going to tell you it's four to seven years um, to generate a return. And, and yeah, that's probably true for VC, but it's not uncommon to uh, for something to take 10 years or 12 years before it really can get to that stage um, where it's, um, you know, where the exit is occurring, whatever that exit happens to be. It could be an IPO or an acquisition or so forth. But um, yeah, the timelines are certainly going to be longer than just your typical uh, you know, just buying some stock in a publicly traded company. So I'm going to step back and just say that again, diversification, patient, and um, really understanding that this shots on gold concept is vital to success of early stage investing. So Malay, we met many years ago through the Piedmont Angel Network. What do you account for the tenure of your work in this high risk, lots of shots on goal space. What was there a early stage learning? Was there a, what, what was that? It's funny you asked the question because it seems to me like I did most of the learning after writing the checks as opposed to before. Um, <laughs> you, might, you might call that trial and error. Um, but what it really is, is it's keeping on your toes and understanding that to an extent, our customers are our entrepreneurs. They're the ones that are teaching us about their businesses, about trends in the world that we may or may not see through their eyes. Um, and, and investing alongside other investors who understand that growing the pie is more important than slicing it, meaning the more capable and early stage investors that we can grow in the Southeast, it's the better for our individual returns, our returns as a group, for our entrepreneurs, um, for our future. I love that. Thanks, Malay. Anybody else want to add to something that, I, I mean, 
we learn every day because as you know, trends and technologies are changing every day. So we have to keep up and we have to learn along the way. So who wants to add anything to that kind of what piece of advice, what education did you take in as you started to make these investments? Matt? Yeah, I think for, I think for me, I think one maybe important myth to dispel is um, I think a lot of people probably think that an angel investor is somebody with extraordinarily deep pockets who writes huge checks and always gets back fabulous returns, right? Everything in that statement is false. Um, but for me, the real eye-opener was, and this is partly because of the model at Venture South, but also the same is true through First Launch Capital, you can invest small dollars across a whole number of deals and you can build um, really representative and likely successful portfolio for about $50,000. That's $5,000 across 10 investments. I understand not everybody has $50,000 to invest, but if you're an accredited investor, that's probably something that you can afford to do if you choose to deploy capital to it. So first to me was just surprising that you could sort of get into it what, for what I'll call a, uh, a smaller ticket than I thought. Um, I think the other, another thing for me that has, that is, that I've learned along the way. And Malay, I think you're totally right. You learn so much after you write the check, right? Because you think what you think you know is not really what you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sadly. Um, but, you know, we talk a lot about Adventure South not being afraid of risk. We're just afraid of risk we don't know. And so our diligence process is entirely geared toward surfacing every risk we can possibly think of. Um, and then you make an educated decision, but then the game, I think for the company to be successful, which is basically about getting to the next funding round, largely becomes about reducing those risks that you've identified. And I think also adapting very quickly. Um, I think the cycle time on a strategic decision inside a, an early stage startup company is days. Sometimes it's weeks. Right, versus in a big company, even a company with 100 people, it's months. And the degree to which you can stop, you can assess, you can stop, assess, react, and if you need to change direction inside a little company was just flabbergasting to me. Um, but it's also companies that do that well and have to do it a couple of times during their life cycles tend to be the ones that come out the other end successfully and the ones that can't do that typically are less likely to, I think. Nathan, you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good question on the the education piece. I, I agree with uh, Malay and Matt that, and, and I had the same experience. A, a lot of the when I think about the stuff that sticks with me today that I use on a daily basis, most of that stuff was learned um, outside of school, outside of the university system. It was through actual real world experience. So. And, you know, I, I, I'm not from the school of hard knocks because I did go to college, but that's if that's the if the school of hard knocks part of life is where I actually learn the stuff. And, and that kind of mentality is more like you just got to treat it like you, you're going to you have to keep continuing to educate yourself constantly going forward. And that's there's all kinds of things. But part of that education means, uh, you know, you're you're doing things successfully and then you're failing at other things and you're trying to learn from all of that piece it together. So um but it, yeah the to me the key is just trying to you know realize that and come to terms with it once you realize that's how things work and how you get better and, and you can accept that then uh 
think that can improve your ultimate success in, in uh, early stage investing. Great, that's great, thank you all. So to that point, I will tell you that oftentimes as I'm advising an entrepreneur in raising capital, they're like, how did you learn all of these crazy terms? Because the terms are crazy. Um, some of them are absolutely absurd. And I say, well, it sure wasn't in school, that's for sure. It was by doing, um, it's by reading and asking and um, being a part of these groups. So I wanna encourage anyone that wants to consider this asset class to start asking questions, um, start doing some things that, that get you in front of early stage companies. Um, I'm gonna dive into this education side of things. And Matt and Malay Venture South does investor education. And like I mentioned a minute ago, we are going to do an, an education session for new potential investors at Capital Connects. So what courses and what kinds of topics do you recommend? Have you participated in? We hosted a cap table, capitalization table session two years ago, right before the pandemic shut everything down. Um, that was quite great that Venture South did. What other kinds of places as a new investor um, or program sessions would you recommend that Venture South does or otherwise? So my favorite session is, um, and actually, let me make, I'll make a little plug for Venture South's nonprofit arm, which is Venture Carolina. Um, we're really lucky that one of the founders of Venture South, um, you know, in his spare time while he was doing it, his MBA at Stanford also did a master's in education concurrently. Um, and so he really has a little bit of, I mean, he really has a kind of teaching bias and almost kind of a professorial vibe about him sometimes. Um, but he took it upon himself to really codify a lot of the knowledge that we have internally and put it into um, chunks that, that sit inside a nonprofit called Venture Carolina. And those courses and topic areas are, are available. Um, the one that I find, if I were only gonna do one, um, I would do the one we do on term sheets. Um, and, that's and that's for two reasons. That's because it is important to both the entrepreneur and the investor so everybody can learn something from it. And there's a lot of terminology and lingo in there that educate you a lot about how both in, how investors think and, and what's expected of the entrepreneur. And it lays out what basically becomes um, kind of the investment structure. Um, and reading through and working through a couple of those uh, as, a, as a course is, for me at least, was super insightful um, and really oriented me a lot and actually allowed me to have conversations about things like liquidation preference that I didn't know before. Right. And I wholeheartedly agree that was probably the blackest of the holes to really understand and fill in. Um, Malay, you have a favorite or something that you'd recommend? You, you know, there's really two pieces of education for, for early stage investors. One is how you're doing it. But then the, the second part and, and one that we at Venture South are really starting to focus on is defining the universe of investable companies. Um, you know, just in the last, let's say, two or three years, companies that we would have never thought of in the hemp space, cryptocurrency, um, you know, AI, when, when people think of early stage investing, they automatically assume it's software. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. 
I quite honestly love hearing that um, because I have wondered and hoped that that would transition soon. So Nathan, is there a piece of education or a topic that you really feel like is important at, for new investors? Yeah, I mean, I'd 100% reiterate what Matt and Malay just said. I think both of those are extremely important because there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, about, you know, Matt, you're saying people come in like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to magically, whatever magic you think is going to happen, that's going to happen. And that's, <laughs> that's going to happen in very, very rare circumstances. Um, but I'll go back to the thing, the earlier piece there is about the, um, and maybe this is more of a like personal finance kind of education piece, but um, you know, understanding the the power rule in, in BC and how the the distribution of returns is very different from uh, you know your standard mutual funds and to some degree hedge funds too. I mean, they can have some power rule can mildly apply to that, but um, I I just and this is just going back to folks I've worked with in the past. I found that. Um, sometimes that is a difficult concept to understand and not just understand, but also manage around that at a personal level. Because, you know, when you get into that, you do have to take a little more responsibility on managing your own personal situation there. So I think that's just, a, it, that's an important piece that I'll just add on. Thank you. Thanks for adding that. Well, we're getting close to the end of our 30 minutes. Um, so I'm just gonna ask some quick questions. Won't take long answers, but do you recommend joining a group if you're a new investor or just starting to write checks and finding deal flow? I think I know the answer to this, but I had to ask it. Dive in, Malay, you're laughing at my question. <laughs> I I say Matt's territory. <laughs> Matt's territory. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, look, group, right? That's yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, think about that. I think I think otherwise you're just you're you're walking down a blind alley. Agreed. Absolutely. And that's on, and that's on both sides. That's both making the investment, but also, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, unless you happen to like, you know, be in a law firm that you've got tons of early stage transactions coming through. I like, I don't know how you'd actually go find qualified deal flow. There's all kinds of stuff you can invest in, but qualified deal flow and actually doing the diligence, uh, doing that on your own, uh, that, that sounds really hard to me. Well, it's hard and it's also tunnel visioned because you have your headset and having the others around you to help I mean, we don't all know everything. I know that's a surprise to us, but we don't know all everything. And having someone sitting alongside of us that's got a different background and uh, mindset is important. Um, yeah. So what, what other piece of advice would you give to potential new investors? And um, do you think that if, they, if, an, if someone is an accredited investor as defined by all the regs that they should consider this asset class or is this not for everyone? I know that's kind of a loaded question, um, but kind of think through that and what kind of thoughts do you have on that? I think it's, I think it is for accredited investors, I think it's, it's good to consider uh, picking up exposure in the early stage 
Um, I mean, grand, you know, we'll do all the standard caveats of it's not for everybody, but I think it's good to at least consider it and see if this would make sense in your overall portfolio. Um, and I think one thing that's that's important with the early stage today versus maybe a few decades ago, but we're starting to see that companies are staying private longer than they have in the past. And we even see in the US that the number of publicly traded companies has been in decline since really around the financial crisis period. Market cap is still up, but you still got the smaller number of companies there. Um, but what all that means is there's more returns that are kind of sitting back in that early stage area and they're not being realized until later on. And, almost, you could say almost dumped into the public space to some, you know, not everyone, but I, I think there's, there's some real benefit in there just from a, you know, not just diversification, but being able to get exposure to some potentially higher returns in the, in, in this earlier stage uh, space, so. And, and then when thinking about investing in early stage companies, I, I guess as an investor, one of your first questions to yourself is, how much time do you have and how much time do you want to spend? Um, because that'll really dictate how you invest within that asset class. Um, to be an angel investor is to spend your own time um, doing due diligence, understanding what's really happening at companies in the industry. Um, and that's really attractive for certain investors um, and for other investors who wanna take a more hands-off approach a fund like like First Capital might be the right choice. It's a great point. Yeah, let me yeah, let me maybe make one other one other point. In addition to just thinking about from in terms of an asset class, I think spending some time in early stage investing can make you a better investor across all asset classes. And the reason I think that is because the capital structures, the growth profile, how the returns happen, and the amount of variability in an early stage company entirely different than a private equity investment, regardless of whether it's an individual investment or fund, entirely different than a publicly traded company. But you can see some similarities too, right? You can see early stage, it's all equity. There's no debt, right? It's either gonna, it's either gonna fly or fail. Um, then you have a transition in the capital structure and PE where you tend to bring on some debt, um, longer term equity capital. Uh, but still not liquid, right? And then you go to the public market, and then you have liquid trade on a on a on a company that that's proven. But the other thing that I see, at least as I look at at publicly traded companies now, and I have seen stuff in early stage that I know the technology is going to wind up publicly traded, right? I don't know who, I don't know, I don't know if that company is going to go public. I don't know if a public company is going to buy it, but I can learn a lot about public companies and where I think they're going to go and what their strategies are based on what I see in early stage. And so I think, I think, I think it makes you a better investor across asset classes um, in addition to the other stuff we've already talked about. That is a Great point. Go ahead, Malay. In, in, to, to follow on on Matt's point, it's almost like an innovation preview. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, that's a great, great note to end on. Um, so, Malay and Matt, if somebody wants to learn more about Venture South other than going to the website, how do they do that? Malay's going to say, call Matt. <laughs> and I'm and I say that too. No, that's fine. Um I think I mean, you know, Matt.bailey at VentureSouth.vc um or call me. Uh they can find that through here. I'm happy to happy to happy to take a call, happy to 
help, help you navigate or think about it. Okay, great. And Nathan, First Launch Capital Fund. Yeah, so probably the best way there is to uh, go to our website. So if you just Google First Launch Capital Fund, we are going to be the first result. Uh, just go to the contact page and uh, uh, just reach out to us and we'll get back to you immediately. Great. And of course, you can always reach out to me for both of them. <laughs> so, well, thank you all for being here. I really appreciate this. So I want to close this out with a quick reminder. Of course, Capital Connects is April 13th. Investor Education is one of the four. Capital Connects is a pitch competition. We have 12 amazing companies that are pitching for cash and in-kind prizes from 4.30 to about 7.30. So we'd love to have you join us. You can learn more at capitalconnects.org. Uh, Launch Greensboro has a couple of other programs coming up. We have our Launch Camp Weekend on April 2nd and 3rd as well as a launch and learn in partnership with Dale Carnegie Action Greensboro and the Greensboro Chamber on the 12th. It's titled The Importance of an Inclusive Environment to the Innovation Process. So it's gonna be a very interesting conversation. Um, we're here at Transform GSO at 111 Bain Street. Um, so please uh, join us. We look forward to seeing you in person. It's kind of been fun being in person the last couple of weeks here at Transform. It's getting really, really busy over here. So we're thrilled about that. Um, learn more about Launch Greensboro at launchgreensboro.com and Venture South and First Launch Capital Fund at their websites. So thank you again, Matt, Malay, and Nathan. I really appreciate this conversation and how you support investors, well, entrepreneurs, as well as local investors in our community. So. Thanks so much. Everybody have a good day. Make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.